Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Something is rotten with coffee, and it's not only holding back the crop from reaching its full potential, but also contributing to the climate change that threatens future production of the crop and the economic livelihoods of the farmers who produce it. According to the plant-based energy drink startup Riff, for every pound of green coffee produced for export, four pounds of cascara or coffee fruit which surrounds the beans are also produced, and of this a whopping 70% is wasted, often left to decompose on a far corner of a farm or tossed in a river a process that Riff says wreaks havoc on our environment and generates methane gas equivalent to 31 billion pounds of carbon dioxide annually, or about the same level of emissions as 3 million automobiles in a single year. These emissions are contributing to the rising temperatures that threaten to have the current usable land dedicated to coffee production by 2050, jeopardizing the livelihoods of coffee farmers, many of whom already struggle to make a living wage. Unwilling to sacrifice the future of coffee or the planet, the founders of Riff are pursuing a third option that uses the whole dang coffee plant to create a line of cold brew coffees and carbon-neutral certified plant-based Energy Plus beverages, which Riff CEO and co-founder Paul Evers explains in this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, is a win-win-win. When Riff first started in 2018, Evers said it was with a mission to bring craft sensibility to the coffee space and redefine coffee through cold brewing. But Evers says that quickly expanded to explore and celebrate 100% of the coffee plant's agricultural value after the team discovered cascara and coffee fruit while visiting coffee farms and learned about its functional and flavorful benefits as well as its tremendous negative environmental impact. Rift started in 2018 as a cold brew coffee brand. And what, you know, our, our big strategy, our big idea was to bring a craft sensibility to the coffee space and kind of redefine what coffee was, leveraging the cold brewing process as the, you know, the innovation arm within coffee and to do cool things and to inject fun into the coffee space and, you know, um, continue to experiment, iterate, and bring new different ideas and products to market. And we opened with a tap room. It was highly experimental. We had 30 taps. We we're doing crazy things like cold brew coffee cocktails, collaborations with breweries and distilleries. So that, that's how we started. The team extends this sense of experimentation and innovation to cascara and coffee fruit after they learned how to remove the fruit from around the bean and experienced its unique flavor and functional benefits while touring coffee farms in Colombia. Uh, there were a couple of, you know, coffee professionals out of Austin that were on this tour as well with us, and and so they they, they taught us how to pull the the coffee cherry off the plant and extract the bean, and then just really kind of you know chew on the the fruity pulp and the skin that surrounded the bean, and we were just really incredibly impressed by you know, the, the flavor uh, profile, which was, I mean, this particular coffee cherry that I tried down there at this time was, um, it had a flavor 
profile that was like um, apple, uh, a little bit of starchiness to it, but it was it was incredibly sweet. It had notes of dried fruit, and it was also tart. So it was really, really something else. But this is also where they first discovered coffee's quote not so little dirty secret. The full environmental toll of which they didn't understand until teaming with researchers at Oregon State University. Once the scope of the coffee fruit's impact on the planet was revealed, Evers says that Riff underwent a transformation to become the sustainable, environmentally focused company that it is today. We're kind of, you know, eyes wide open with the whole tour experience and didn't really fully understand what was going on with coffee fruit, but we we also toured the back corners of some coffee plantations, and they were, you know, they they demonstrated for us how they were processing it. It's a wet process. This was down in Colombia, and they um, were processing, and extracting the beans from the coffee fruit, separating it out, and then they showed us where they basically, literally, dumped it in the back corners. And this was like, um, you know, an acre-sized plot of land that looked like a miniature La Brea tar pits. It was just a bunch of black muck and the trees that pre-existed. Uh, this as a kind of a dumping grounds for coffee fruit uh, were leafless and dead. And uh, we just thought, well, this is traditionally how they handle it. But Ever says that as the team experimented with creating cascara and coffee fruit-based beverages, they couldn't shake the feeling that how the fruit was managed was an environmental disaster, and that the coffee bean byproduct could be so much more. We started experimenting with cascara back in late 2019. It is traditionally a, a still tea in a glass bottle, but we wanted to do something different, so we, we, we decided to explore a, a sparkling version. And then, because the coffee fruit or cascara is naturally caffeinated, default was really an energy drink especially with a, you know, a version that is sparkling. So we started experimenting with this beverage, and all while we were kind of, you know, so fascinated by how incredible this fruit was, we, we, we could, you know, kept on asking the question of, you know, what is the, what's happening with this stuff, or how much is produced, and, you know, you know who's doing what with it, and, um, you know, what's the environmental impact. Uh, we started seeing claims on other you know, cascara and coffee fruit uh, companies' websites that talked about environmental havoc. And so we, we couldn't find any studies, any existing studies. We, um, you know, we, we saw varying claims on different um, you know, brands' websites. And so we, we started to develop a suspicion that what we had stumbled upon was something pretty significant that, that nobody was really telling the whole story. And so that was the beginning of a pretty significant transformation of what RIF really stood for. We, we were looking for the rigor of science and we were looking for fact-based claims rather than just you know claims based on different um, sort of analysis that was conducted by individual brands. So we, um, we reached out to a senior climate change scientist at Oregon State University, Dr. Dominique Bachelet. She agreed to take it on and uh, assigned it to a PhD student. 
so the outcome of that over several months really resulted in what we believe to be the first of its kind in being a robust environmental impact study related to nutrient-rich food waste as a result of coffee harvest. Uh, and so the, the study uh, concluded based, based on, you know, an annual rate of about 25 billion pounds of green coffee, dried green coffee being produced for export every year, an estimated 100 billion pounds of coffee fruit, or cascara, is produced as a byproduct. 30% of that is, you know, composted, converted to fertilizer, or converted to biofuel, or used as animal feed. But an estimated 70%, so 70 billion pounds, is literally thrown to waste. And it's thrown to waste in a variety of ways across the globe. In, in Mexico, the traditional practice is to dump it into streams and as it's uh, decomposing in the waters, depleting the water of oxygen and killing off you know, fish and aquatic life. Um, and, but the vast majority, uh, majority of it is actually hauled off the landfill where as it's piled into mountains, literal mountains, and decomposing it produces methane gas equivalent to 14.5 million metric tons of carbon dioxide, which is the same level of emissions as 3 million automobiles in a single year. That, that's when, you know, you start to quantify that this is a, a really significant problem and creating significant havoc in the environment. Um, you know, it's ironic that, that the, the greatest threat actually for the coffee industry is rising temperatures resulting from climate change because coffee is grown in a very narrow temperature window. That's why it's found, you know, primarily in the equatorial zone. But wait, it gets worse. According to Evers, what makes this waste an even graver sin is that the fruit is actually the better half of the coffee plant compared to the bean. Uh, it is naturally caffeinated, it's sweet, it is uh, loaded with you know, nutritional value, loaded with antioxidants, potassium, magnesium, and iron, and it's, and it's being thrown to waste. Riff's solution was to upcycle the nutrient-dense functional coffee fruit into a line of sparkling Energy Plus ready-to-drink beverages that offer a hit of caffeine plus an immunity boost and a dose of antioxidants in three flavors, Booyah Berry, Get It Guava, and Pick It Up Pomegranate. By launching the Energy Plus line, Riff not only found a way to upcycle coffee fruit into a better-for-you beverage, but it's raising awareness of and creating demand for cascara and coffee fruit, which is helping coffee farmers offset the negative economic consequences of climate change. You know, coffee is grown around the globe, uh, primarily through the equatorial zone, and approximately 75 to 85% of the world's coffee is grown by smallholder farmers. These are independent family farmers that are carrying on a multi-generation uh, legacy of growing coffee. But yet, because of commodity pricing, uh, they are having a hard time making a reliable living. You add on top of that, um, you know, the the diminished production resulting from climate change that's exacerbating the problem. And then you also have plant disease, uh, leaf rust, that is, uh, you know, uh, accelerating because of rising temperatures. So 
it being a coffee farmer right now is really, really, really challenging. And then, you know, they have to manage this wasted byproduct of the coffee harvest. In Latin America, in many countries, they actually have to pay a tax to haul uh, this coffee fruit off to landfill. So it's, you know, it's expensive to manage it as a waste product, and then they have to pay taxes on top of that. So, you know, when we're looking at, you know, upcycling coffee fruit into a beverage that can appeal to a mass audience so it can scale, we can generate greater demand, um, then we're solving a lot of different problems, right? We're um, diverting nutrient food waste from going, or nutrient food from going to waste. We're uh, translating a traditional waste stream into a revenue stream for struggling farmers that can potentially double their revenues and double employment. And we're also taking an incredible fruit uh, the score is pretty high on the superfruit scale, translating that into a beverage that benefits people. You know, it, uh, we have human health and well-being uh, also at the top of our priority list. So it solves all these different problems. Proud of the work that Riff has done to create a beverage that is better for farmers, the planet, and consumers, but also acutely aware of the competitive threat posed by greenwashing, Riff leaned into certification to validate its claims and reassure retailers and consumers. Among its many certifications is as the first carbon-free certified energy drink, a move that ever says has paid off. We know there's a lot of greenwashing going out there when you're making environmental claims or you're making product claims. So we wanted to have, um, you know, we wanted to have credibility. So we started looking at certifications. We're upcycled certified. Uh, we're verified non-GMO now, and the thing that we're most proud of is that we are the nation's very first energy drink to be certified carbon neutral, and I think the nation's first um, functional beverage as well. Uh, you know, we're a small brand, so we have limited resources, and so, of course, um, you know, cost efficiency was paramount. Also, timing. You know, we we, we really don't have the luxury of time. We have got to move quickly. You know, in the, in the sea of big, uh, you know, the, I guess the energy drink category, we're like a small speedboat uh, versus, you know, an oil tanker. So we, we need to act fast. And so we, we selected Carbon Fund. And the reason for that was is that it was going to be a, a fairly quick process. And then the other is that it was more cost effective. So that's how we ended up selecting them. Uh, and one of the reasons why it was a quick process is because we had continued to work with the PhD who conducted the environmental impact study with Oregon State University. And she had been continually, uh, Dr. Christina Schlocker had been continually updating our life cycle assessment to make sure it's current because we were already making a claim that we were carbon neutral. Uh, could, because we knew we could back it with science, uh, science that had some rigor to it, but we knew for consumers and also retail buyers, a certification uh, becomes an, in, you know, has instant credibility versus a brand's own independent claim. Um, as far as the ROI, uh, it's highly speculative. <laughs> but one thing that we have noticed with certification is that you know, when we would submit products to retail buyers before and we had our own claims on there, you know, th then there's some due diligence that's associated with 
a retailer black, you know, backing that brand with those claims. So um, it required more time and energy for them to, you know, really vet, um, you know, the credibility of the claim. And so with certification, it's instantaneous. They know it's legitimate. Uh, they don't have to question whether or not a brand is greenwashing. So that helped us has helped us tremendously um, expedite uh, buying decisions and as, as well as enthusiasm and excitement from retail buyers. We've seen with the climate pledge friendly, um, you know, seal that's tied to uh, RIPS listing on Amazon. It also um, elevates it in the algorithms uh, and search results as well. There's a there's a favoritism to the climate pledge uh, friendly uh, brands, uh, so we've seen some increase um, in the rate and velocity on Amazon since we joined that program, and so that's that's been helpful. Looking forward, Ever says he's eager to partner with others in the coffee and energy segment to improve the industry's environmental sustainability and extend the distribution of Rift's products so that more people can experience its energizing functional benefits and the unique taste of coffee fruit. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.